Welcome to the Legends of Iron. I'm John Anderson. Meet my co-hosts, Nick Best and Hawking Williams. We're going to have some amazing guests on the show. Buckle up tight, because we're going to be talking about the shit you're not supposed to be talking about. We're going to be discussing anything and everything it takes to become a legend of iron. Legends of Iron is brought to you by Muscle Mints. Muscle Mints is the creator of Carnivore Pure Beef Protein Isolates. Beef builds muscle and Carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein. Welcome to another edition of Legends of Iron. I am John Anderson with me always, my partners in crime, Nick Best and Ockham Williams. Unfortunately, Ockham is overseas somewhere doing some appearances, so he will not be joining us today. However, it's going to be just fine because we have a guest. And I'm talking about a guest. We have got an exciting guest for you today. This guy, like most of us, started off lifting weights, <clears throat> became a track and field star at LSU, then carried his skills into the world of Highland Games where he became a two-time world champion. But that's not it. He is just a bona fide badass motherfucker. But most importantly, well, I love him the most because he lives life his way. He does not listen to the rules of society. He does it his way and his way only. Matt Vincent, what's up, my brother? Welcome to the show. Man, what's up with you, man? I'm excited to uh, get a chance to chat. It's always fun. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. Oh, man, how you doing? Nick, up? how are you, man? It's been a minute. I am. I know it's been a, a few minutes. Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, I'm glad to see it. You've had a hell of a run, dude. It's been exciting to see with the TV show and all that. That's. I, yeah. I love seeing people that work hard, like have it all pay off, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. It's it's been quite the journey. It's been a lot of fun. I'm, so I'm sure it's, it's still going. It's on. been a hell I'm, of an I'm experience, glad. dude. Yeah, Nick absolutely yeah. kicks the shit out of Father Time. Father Time doesn't know how to get a hold of Nick. That's for sure. So. <laughs> or, or he well, knows. That's good. He's kicking my yeah. ass, so it's perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll take any well, tips brother, I can get, man. Well, brother, on that level, I want to jump right in because you have got some really, really interesting stuff to talk to us about. Obviously, you know, especially as a high level athlete, a world champion. You put your body through the ringer. You got injuries. You got pain management, obviously pain medicine, which leads to obviously we've all been down that road of addiction, but you've actually had a totally different spin on this. Tell us about how you have learned to manage your chronic pain with some very outside the box methodologies. Yeah. So I guess, you know, for your listeners that don't know, I, I ran through a spat there where my knee went south on me. So I ended up having nine knee surgeries in about a three year stint and kind of got to the point where in under two years, I had gone from taking second in the world in my sport to walking and traveling with a cane. And there really wasn't going to be anywhere out of the woods for that before <clears throat> more and more operations. And so Pain had got really out of control, and so I really went into trying to find everything I could from uh, changing nutrition and diet. Took you know the first things I did were the obvious ones, like let's figure out diet wise and make sure everything I'm doing there is anti-inflammatory. So switched to ketogenic diet. Uh, managed to even get further into carnivore. To dude, if I can steal half a percentage away from pain, I'll take anything that's going to give it to me at that point. Um, totally. 
know, anything that also keeps opiates out of me. I just don't operate real well with them. And, uh, but they're there to serve a purpose. Uh, I think if pain gets to, you know, acute pain is something that's hitting you at an eight, that's what they're for. I don't know that they're ever supposed to be used for long-term chronic pain management. And so for me, digging out of that, so the diet was the first thing, ended up losing about 65 pounds, uh, give or take, and saw some benefit there, saw some benefit to hot and cold tubs, saw some benefit to trying some peptides, saw some benefit to... Uh, cannabis made a switch there, quit drinking. Um, and then into psychedelics, really, uh, just basically willing to try anything. And yeah, that's, and, let's, let's talk about this. Psychedelics. This is where, this is yeah. where we cross into, this is the territory where most people are right now going, did he just say psychedelics? So let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you got to explain that. Yeah. Let yeah. So tell us about this. So, I mean, I, I've been interested in it for a long time and have some pretty good exposure to, I don't know, people I would say in the know in that crowd that have been good guiders. And, and as, you know, speaking to them and seeing what a benefit it's been to their life, as well as, man, I'm, I'm just such an experience whore that I, I need to know firsthand. And if it's going to be that wild and it's something that people I know respect talk about is a game changer in their life as far as perception and happiness and dealing with things like that. I'm interested. If it's going to be that much of a performance answer, let's, let's find out. And if it's not, then we know. Uh, so dabbled in, I think some psilocybin mushrooms, pretty much the first thing I tried. And the biggest thing I noticed from it immediately is pain went to a zero. Um, now, explain that a little, explain that a little yeah. bit. So what, because most of us don't really connect what that looks like, how big it is. I mean, most people like myself, I have very little experience with something like this. So I would love, I would love to understand, describe what, what you said, something mushroom, describe yeah, that psilocybin mushroom. So psilocybin mushroom is just the, that's the psychoactive mushroom that's going to have uh, psilocybin in it, which is going to help cause the magic of mushrooms, I guess would be the, the simplest okay. way to say it. Plenty of mushrooms out there that do lots of great things. Anything with psilocybin in it is going to be magic. Uh, and that's going to be something that's going to cause more of a psychedelic trip or experience. Um, okay. So I started dabbling in that. And it, it was really interesting. Uh, I think the first time I did it was somewhere around a gram, which is a uh, relatively controlled dose. It's enough to know like, oh, I'm on mushrooms. But it definitely isn't taking a, a, a full step on the rocket ship. <laughs> so what, the way what, I would what, say. what besides pain going away, what else did you feel? Um, gratitude and perception shift really big. Um, the way I would describe it is like, if you've kind of got some shit going on for me, it worked very, very therapeutically in a way that I was able to examine my bullshit that I was dealing with, whether outside of the pain too, whether that's shit falling apart in my marriage or my personal life or being depressed or not dealing with that the end of my time as an athlete had come up or this identity crisis as far as, holy shit, I can't even go up and down stairs anymore. And it allowed me to look at all that in a different way and not be defensive about it with my own ego about who I am and more have gratitude for the fact that I ever got to do those things that I ever got to compete at a world level, that I ever got to travel around the planet with the raddest dudes ever 
and throw fucking stupid rocks in a field that someone agreed to measure. <laughs> like, what, what a fucking scam on life this has been, guys. We, we've developed skills that don't help us in any metric, yet they're interesting enough that people are into it. So, Somebody agreed you know, to measure it. That's the best part of that statement. Right. <laughs> and so like having that perspective on it changed a lot of the feeling of depression, the stuff letting go of that identity and being more interested about who we are going forward instead of, man, doing battle with my own ghost in the past. So I really didn't expect that big of therapeutic thought to come. Um, also, great. I mean, the actual psychedelic part, as far as visualization, if you are going to get any visuals that don't happen every time you take them, but when they do, they're, they're interesting. Um, I enjoy it. I'm not panicked by it. And so, so, so it's, uh, let, it's been fun. I, interesting. Can I, let me ask you a question, brother. So just so, just to kind of, cause I'm, I'm wondering, so I'm sure listeners sure. are too. So you take this, obviously your perception, your pain, the pain decreases, goes away. Your perception changes. I mean, are you able to get in the car and go to Seven Eleven, or is this like, okay, I'm going to put myself in a, on the couch for the afternoon? Um, I would recommend the couch. Okay. Gotcha. So this is something like a, this is like a block, a block yeah. time of therapy. Okay. Yes, so, absolutely. Gotcha. I'm definitely, I'm treating okay. it like that. Not like a party. Okay. Gotcha. This is definitely gotcha. one of those that like, I'm aware that I'm taking this. It's time to do some work. Gotcha. Okay. And the advantage of the fact that it turned off the pain perception, like I'm aware it's still there. So it's not like it doesn't hurt and I need to go train heavy. Like that's fucking dumb. Uh, (laughs) It's not there. So like, just be grateful that you're actually getting a vacation from it. Like that's not making any noise. It's not causing a distraction. It's not. And so it freed me up to put energy towards something else. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, allowed me to work on me. And since, look, I'm someone that talks for a living, right? Like I'm pretty good at my own bullshit. And so something (laughs) like mushrooms or any of that, where you end up being your therapist and it kind of gives you tools to deal with it. It doesn't allow you to lie to you. Gotcha. And so I need that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So is this something that you... You would do like, was it something that you did like on some sort of a repetition basis? Was there some sort of a protocol or you do it when you feel that you need to make some forward steps? I mean, how did you, what was the plan of attack to use it? Plan of attack at first was just dabble, see how it felt and then kind of go from there. Um, There's a cost to it. Like for sure. There's not just no down the next day. Like you're not hungover, but there's definitely a down. Um, okay. where a bit more mellow, a bit, uh, serotonin, dopamine drop. Like, so there's some stuff you can do to combat that right before on, on the front end, but you know, being aware of that part of it and how there's going to be a cost to it kind of puts like, what do I have going on this week? And when can I put this into my schedule? Cause I, for those three to seven hours that if I'm going to dive into that, like I probably need to be away from my phone. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't operate very well, uh, with, with mushrooms, um, or which is another, well, it's very oof. for other people. 
<laughs> no, man, it's it's the navigating it yourself that gets tricky. Um, and, and man, it's for have either of you guys ever messed with psychedelics at all? No. Okay, so, so we're, we're learning from you. Okay, yeah, this so, is we're, this is our maiden voyage with you, brother. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's really interesting, right? Like as far as drugs go, um, most people's only frame of reference for altered consciousness is going to be pot or drinking. And like, there's a point with drinking, right? That you you're, you're just not at the wheel. Like right. we've all seen people who yeah. just turn into a new human and fucking shift off. Like, yeah, I look at it like those people just have a different allergy to that chemical than I do. Yeah. Uh, and their body reacts differently. So even on some really big doses of psilocybin uh, or anything else, LSD or, or ayahuasca that I've, I've dabbled in, um, I don't ever feel not there. Like you, like the more that you can kind of stick with it and work on breathing and, and focus and get still and be present, the more it shows up. Um, okay. But so, so it, it, it really works well for you to work into it, right? Like kind so of doing more focus. Um, I'm definitely working that way because there's going to be some really uneasiness that comes. And so you focus on your breath to get through it and kind of part of the way you know, mantras, I, I guess, that go with, with psychedelics is kind of what's coming is going. So when really challenging things pop up, they're going to leave because, look, they always have. Like anytime there's ever been a hard point in your life up to this point, it also ended. Yeah. And and so yeah, allowing that to go and get out of you instead of holding on to it or trying not to acknowledge it. Um, that is a fantastic we're looking at things. Everything yeah. in life that was hard or bad, it still ended. Yeah. You know, a, yeah. A, a lot of people need to realize that that's ended and move on. Yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty profound, actually. It's awesome. Yeah. Even for, even for people not doing mushrooms, that's still for a sure. great piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. This is just, this is just some of the tools that enlightened some of those concepts for me. Right. Yeah. And so you're not, you're not drunk per se. And so I can always kind of click back in. Like if you're like, Hey Matt, what's going on? I could turn in and talk to you and hold a conversation. Okay. Uh, if I lose focus on that conversation, I'm probably gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, the dangling keys or a shiny light on the wall will be tricky. Um, but <laughs> visuals and stuff like that are fun. You know, I've, I've never seen, I've never with, with mushrooms or LSD or with, ayahuasca like i've never visually seen something that's not there it's not like a a pink elephant shows up in the room right like i've never had that experience um you will kind of more vividly daydream i guess would be the way that it would work you'd have visions but they're they're really internal um for the most part now with mushrooms or lsd don't get me wrong you see stuff but the stuff you see is like everything ends up having like a pattern overlaid on it, I guess, uh, almost geometry or even everything just kind of gets weirdly geometric. I can see how people would think there's a bit of a simulation going on. I get it. <laughs> so, oh. so, so th this okay. is really interesting stuff, brother. So clearly you started to dabble, you realize there's a benefit. 
So in terms now that let's kind of let's connect this to your chronic pain. Mm-hmm. How did you what type of a protocol did you put together for yourself to manage your chronic pain with the psychedelics? I mean, was it like every so often you would do it or what was what was helping you? How did you put it together? So I was I was doing a bigger trip uh probably once a month. Um, and, and, and that please, was more please, like please, therapy. Please define bigger trip. Is that that's so a bigger trip would be about. yeah. So let's say like three to five grams. Oh, okay. So, so it's a it's a full blast off. Yeah. Okay. So one was the full my very first off. experience. Um, what's historically called within that community as a uh, heroic dose is five grams. Um, and so I was doing between three and five grams, and like that's committed. Like I I don't have other shit going on. I'm getting away from my phone. Like I am diving in to see where this wants to go. And, uh, other than that, I was, I've, I've microdosed, uh, psilocybin now daily for about the last two years. And so did, uh, describe microdose because you're, you're, so I microdose. Yep. So microdose the, the capsule I take and fuck me. I, I wish they were places people could get them, but that's how we are. Right. We're not in a society that makes them legal, but here's what I take. It's, uh, Five mushrooms are in the capsule, four of which are not psychedelic. We have reishi, changa, lion's mane, and cordyceps, which do great stuff for neuro uh, neurogenesis, as well as and those endurance. are all legal and common. Those right? are all those legal are- common. You can get them in a yeah. ton of stuff. They're just wildly okay. beneficial for humans. Yeah. Um, and then it, and then in there as well is a point one two of so a 12th or 10th of a gram uh of psilocybin so if one gram is enough to be like oh i'm taking mushrooms but it's not a a a big dose i'm taking a tenth of a small dose if if that gives you an idea of of what microdose level so does that change your mood does that change how you look at things (sighs) the on a, on a daily have, basis, what's that do? Have you, have you ever taken like a nootropic, alpha brain, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm the new, absolutely. Yeah. It's similar you to know that. A little bit of feel like that, right? Where you're a little bit more focused, a little bit dialed in, but it's not jittery. Yeah. Okay. Um, the best way I would describe it is if I had a prescription strength version of that. Okay. But it's, but it's not Adderall. <laughs> Because I'm not interested in that either. So you're really right. taking about like at, at the one gram, you're talking about how you were more focused, you were more in touch. So we're just taking that down to a tenth to where it's more of a functional daily dose. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And um, <clears throat> look, as I'm far from a fucking scientist, as we've discussed how I threw rocks in a field and this is my own experience <laughs> and... <laughs> what I what I believe, but listening to guys like really smart dudes like Paul Stamets or any of these others, what they talk about with microdosing, uh, helping with the brain, is that you know, our emotional patterns and our habits or triggers, you know, things like that, get kind of cut in over time, and you realize that whenever a problem pops up, you typically handle it one way. You know, whether that's immediately reacting with anger or freaking out or eh, panic and control. We're we're wired a bit. This Pavlovian response that we end up over time that whether hell we've inherited from being around our parents or whoever else that we saw handle problems. Yeah. 
Yep. Since those patterns get cut in, they become the path of least resistance because you know the road, right? Your body just immediately goes there because neurons go that way. That pathway in your brain is very opened up and used to traffic. And so it looks like a ski slope where people are following other people's tracks is what you end up seeing. So the microdose, what I've been explained, is that it lays fresh powder down and gives you more of an option for different uh, ways okay. of seeing things. And so you can kind of start to reprogram your, yourself a bit. So rather than following oh. your normal normal groove, which may not always be helpful, you're able to kind of re have a new approach and almost retrain your approach to be more effective for your life. Yeah, it seems... The bigger the dose of psych or, or psilocybin for me, the less my autopilot system is able to kind of run. Okay. Really? Gotcha. So, yeah. So whether that's just the <clears throat> autopilot system of getting triggered and jumping into a story or any of those things, you end up just kind of taking a step back, it seems, and able to look at it of like, why do I do that? Gotcha. So, <clears throat> so you've got these you've got the, the psychedelics and obviously mm -hmm. prior to that you had just standard painkillers yeah and standard painkillers pain and opium yeah opiates yeah so basically you're you have that acute pain you're taking the painkiller for taking you want that five six hour break from the pain now it's like okay let's not pollute ourselves with all the right. acetaminophen and all the bullshit that's in that let's take something that's natural avoid the pain and actually have some personal growth from the situation. That's kind of the, if you and that's a, how it's worked for me. Okay. A hundred percent. So something that's actually me, better for you. Yeah. It, it has been awesome. for me. It, it's, well, I, I can't, I can't imagine a point in my life where I will go back to, to not having some type of plant medicine as part of my routine. Well, that's what yeah. medicine is. It's just what we find pants anyway. Right. The so, same thing as hot and cold therapy are or anything else. I mean, yeah. these are all things I'm yeah. doing to enhance my performance at life. Yeah. I'm really intrigued with this. This is, this is really informative. Yeah. So, no, I mean, th this is something that the world needs to hear because I tell you, brother, when we were, when we were chatting before and you told me a little bit about this, I thought, man, this is something normal. When you think of people taking mushrooms, you think of people just going to, you know, wear a bunch of crazy colors and trip out and go to some different place. Not always. A, you're you're talking about a constructive use. I think it's just the unknown. Most people just don't understand the capability of the substance. Yeah. No, and it's a bummer because we've we've decided <laughs> as a society to not study it, and we haven't for a long time. But they're they're now studying it quite a bit at John Hopkins and using it to help PTSD and help keep different traumas, and they're seeing huge benefits for people. Yeah. Um. And, and I mean, hell, from stuff on cancer wards of helping people kind of deal with the idea that their time's coming up. It just seems to be a really, I don't know. I, I definitely feel that I see the world very differently post that point in my life. And uh, yeah. I feel a lot happier. So <clears throat> compare, well, com com compare the time when you were using, you know, standard pain meds to now just in terms of your overall being it sounds like you're two different people 100 100 i mean just being in the chronic pain right and then it's you know it's just triage the whole fucking time 
because you can't train because you're fucked up. And part of one of the ways you manage stress is training. So you can't do that. Uh, you know, so, so what then really hold tight on the diet and sit there and do that. That's fucking miserable. And so I was just miserable all the fucking time. Yeah. I can't train. <clears throat> I'm not who I was. And I knew at some point, like I wasn't going to be a Highland games athlete. Like I never was going to have fucking two time world champion written on my tombstone. It's a really rad thing I did, but it's not who I am. Um, yeah. It's what you did. I love the experience, dude. It's a, it's a chapter in my life the same way playing high school football was. And it came and it went. Uh, but man, I really struggled with, I wasn't an athlete anymore. Because so far in my life, I'd never kind of put together how, you know, how lucky I've been that this has been the fucking meat suit that I showed up in. <laughs> I mean, there's so many options out there, right? I didn't get to pick this thing, but fuck, this avatar is awesome. And not only that, like, yo, I've figured out how to manipulate it. I can make it stronger. I can make it lose weight. I'm in better control of my avatar now than I was. And so dealing with pain then, man, and, and I was just fucking miserable and I couldn't see any way forward. And all I could see ahead was a normal existence surviving. And, uh, man, with, with the opiates, I'm just, I'm just sloppy. Your brain gets slow. You're not sharp. And if I'm going to let the athletics thing go, I can't give up the other part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God knows we've all, anybody that's taken any sort of pain med is at some, some level of addiction, some really bad. I mean, I've been through that most, most athletes that have had an injury have had some level of addiction from a pain bed. And the worst part is, is any doctor will refill that prescription for you over and over. Next thing you know, you're fully hooked. You well, know? especially when you're, yeah. you look like us and you're coming in and you're, and you're healthy. You know, it yeah. looks like that yeah. we're pretty switched on to taking care of ourselves, but man, <laughs> fucking pain's a tricky one, dude. And the chronic yeah. pain is really different. Chronic pain versus acute pain are really, really different things. Cannabis has helped yeah. me with chronic pain a ton for just daily management. Um, the Talk acute to pain stuff. Talk to us a little bit about that. Talk um, to us so, about the cannabis too, please. Uh, I really hadn't started smoking, right? So Highland Games is a weird sport for those who don't know, but like we're drug tested a shitload. And so like I wasn't able to use anything, even cannabis, in, until after I got out of the sport. Um using cannabis more. And as soon as I was able to start using it to try to manage pain or, or figure that out, I really liked it. I also liked the creativity that came with it. I liked how I was more perceptive of watching movies and doing the other things that inspire me to want to create stuff for the brand or travel or or whatever it is we do. Um, that's where I find my kind of creative outlet. And it was a great tool. It it kind of just when pain was at a one or a two, which it is most of the time, um, I just don't care about it. It's not that it's gone. It's just I give less of a fuck. And so if if that that seems better than me eating a pain pill, because, you know, at least I'm still aware that it's there. I'm not pretending it isn't with a nerve block that's, you know, I'm still damaging the part. Yeah. And and that right. stuff too, I'm telling you that the, the amount of acetaminophen that is in that stuff, which is one of the most toxic things 
on the shelf in, in any drugstore. I mean, most like when you see 325.5, 325.10, it's the 325 that's the acetaminophen. That's the biggest part of the pill, which is the most toxic. And that's one of the things people don't understand is that those pain meds are highly toxic. As to what you're talking about is a natural thing, which is a basically a, a natural spin on managing pain, which I think is what's so really interesting about all of what you're talking about. And, 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 and well, look, I, I'm not toxic. Yes. Right. And the fact I mean, that people will eat ibuprofen like it's not a big deal. I know. I know. And that it's is crazy. a big deal. It's a yeah. huge deal, especially what that it's does to deal. your gut biome, gut health. Like we know all those things at this point, mm-hmm. right? That the bacteria in your gut makes a ton of decisions for you. It affects you emotionally and does all this other shit. So why continue to do that and then try to patch the problem on the back end? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very true. So <clears throat> Excuse me to re- to rewind a little bit back to the to the the uh, psychedelics. That's a very interesting topic. How did you discover mm-hmm. how who who started you? How how sure. did you kind of get moved that direction? Because it it's obviously very different. So somebody had to have come along and said, "Hey, you know what this this could be helpful." And I would imagine somebody gave you an idea how to start. Correct? Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say for a really long time, like my kook meter is, is pretty pretty sensitive. And so hearing people get too kook and too spiritual and too woo woo, it's like, ah, fucking great. Like I'm, I'm a bit more of a barbarian. I'm aware that uh, I'm a fucking complete idiot, still a gorilla. And, um, I got, I got lucky enough to be introduced to, uh, Kyle Kingsbury probably first off. Uh, he was out in Vegas a long time, Nick. I don't know if you ever crossed paths with Kyle, but Kyle was a UFC so. fighter. And then, um, I got to know him through Jesse Burdick and he ended okay. up working for, uh, on it down in Austin. <clears throat> and, uh, the owner at the time, um, Aubrey Marcus has, uh, been around that world and been kind of talking about plant medicine and psychedelics for a really long time. And, uh, after I, you know, been friends with Kyle for a long time. I got exposed to that group and I kind of got to see behind the curtain, man. Like I got to see this different thing they were talking about and there was a lot more love and there was a lot more understanding and there was empathy in this group and there wasn't any scarcity and they weren't fucking shitty to each other and they cheered on each other's success and they weren't jealous and they weren't petty. And man, it just, I couldn't help but be like, well, fuck. So, so this is an option. Why would yeah. I fucking try the other way? And if there's yeah. a thing that they did that helped enhance that or click it in to make that make more sense. I mean, look, man, I, I've seen them deal with some pretty wild shit gracefully and, and been enough behind the curtain to be able to be like, oh, wow, like, that's not a thing I've handled maturely in the past. And, um, <laughs> it's, it's fucking incredible. Dude, I love how fucking just straight up honest you are. That's the best part about listening to you talk, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so like seeing that and then kind of knowing that I was interested, uh, had some opportunity to, like I said, try mushrooms, try things like that. And then, uh, you know, the further kind of down that rabbit hole would be something like ayahuasca. And so, 
at the beginning of 2020, Bonnie and I went on a trip to Costa Rica um, and went to a facility called Rhythmia and did four nights of ayahuasca. And it was a really, really interesting experience. It um, was really shifting. Uh, I, I expected it to be as I, you know, pretty was pretty excited about getting to go and had done a lot of research on it, but that was the group that first introduced me. And then the more I've leaned into it, the more I've just kind of felt it was right. It, it's really worked well for me. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to tell anyone what the ideal way to do anything is. Yeah. I just want options. Yeah, and, you're presenting a very viable option. Right. That's yeah. like saying one fucking training method is the way to go. I don't agree. Yeah, totally. totally. You know, my, my mom needs a different protocol. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to accomplish different things. <laughs> That's it. But, but the right. best part about this is that there's a, we're discussing an option that most people don't even recognize is there. Right. Or, they, or, the, or the stigma is kind of like what you said in the beginning. You were kind of like, ah, you didn't quite understand that there was something here. You get a little deeper into it, you start to realize there is a possibility. And like you said, maybe it's not for everybody, but I think that just the fact that you're talking about this is going to really help people understand that, you know, maybe taking Vicodin every fucking day for the next two years may not be the best fucking option. It's not the best <laughs> option, man. Um, you know, John, it, it's funny, man, because once I, once I really found it and, and realized how valuable it was to me for, for development and progress and, and clearing my own bullshit out and empathy, just happier in general, dude, I can't express it enough. The difference in gratitude. Um, but it's not a, it's not a loss in drive or ambition or any of that. Fuck. It's more, it's more because I realize anything's possible. Yeah. Nothing's yeah. guaranteed. And no one's right. fucking handing it to me, but you know the the doors are open. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the more I kind of realized how powerful it was to me, and dealt with my ADD well, and all the other things that are, are in the way. Um, man, it was really important that I, I kept my shit tight, like as far as my business, and that the podcast is consistent, and that. Um, you know, the apparel stays that we're producing good content and that like the rest of my universe looks fucking crisp because I don't want someone to be able to discount how powerful and helpful this is yes. by being able to point at something like that. Yeah. And I do think it's that valuable. And if I'm going to be able to talk about it, I feel like I have to bulletproof the rest of those fucking loopholes. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. And it's the example. It, yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's so, I'm so glad you said that brother, because I guarantee you, most people at, at a glance are going to think all of the things that society is kind of titled it with that it's just going to be about going on a trip and losing focus and, and losing drive and all. But you're yeah, it's not a distraction. Yeah, you're explaining it's totally opposite if you use it in a way that's actually aimed to be helpful. You're not going yep. out partying, you know. No, I mean, with I'm not going to pretend I also don't party. <laughs> I fucking do. <laughs> Uh, but there's a set and a setting like that. It's really yeah. important. And also with, with these, with these, uh, chemicals or drugs or whatever it is, look, it can go South you can plan yeah. on partying and it can make a different decision. <laughs> um, 
talk, talk to us a little bit about that. If you're going, if you're using this for, uh, for, 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 obviously we talked about the therapeutic part. Mm-hmm. Talk about it, when you say your party, if you use this also to kind of have fun. I, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, again, set and setting really matters. Like I'm not trying to take mushrooms and go to a concert that the energy is going to be real hectic. But if I'm going to be at a small thing and partying with a few friends and it's going to be relatively intimate and I know the people there and I trust everyone. Perfect. It's going to be a really, really benefit in me being able to connect. Uh, yeah. And, and, and has been also, I just, it, it makes being an observer really fun. Okay. Uh, so if you're going to kind of <laughs> sit and look, and as far as party drugs go, like alcohol is not a great one for me. I, I, yeah. I've done my fair share of it, but it really tends to highlight the parts of my personality and ego that I'm not that interested in showcasing anymore at 40 at damn near 40 years old. Uh, yeah. I would rather be a bit more introspective and careful of the things I say and how I act than the too loose that alcohol brings. I don't need yeah. inhibitions to be lowered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I need, I need more pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So it, it helps me do that. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting, brother. I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, the, the, the way that you laid this out is going to be really helpful for people to actually see the side of it that you're using, you know, cause I think, as you said, it's just been, it's just been kind of the stereotype has been, has put it into a place where no one would ever think about using it for some sort of therapy, you know? So that's yeah. really cool, brother. Really cool. Well, let's shift gears into fueled by hate. Let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> so how does that fueled by hate? I believe that started off with you and your brother way back when. T- yeah, tell man. Me, talk, um, talk to us, brother. Talk to us. So the hate. Where where it really started, man, was me and my brother, you know, I remember talking about different athletes and seeing different people and, you know, hearing these stories of just these legendary dudes that are still out grinding. You know, Jerry Rice was the example we talked about. And it's, you know, this dude at, you know, Pro Bowler, best of all time, you know, arguably the GOAT. And he's still out there at 4 a.m. running these routes. And like, you know, he ain't doing that for you. He does that shit because when he gets up and looks in the mirror, it's not good enough. He can be better. And he's willing yeah. to pay that cost. And until you, you know, and for me, I'm willing to pay that cost. And I'm willing to fucking look at my bullshit and find my excuses and find the weaknesses and chip away at them. And I want to hate those parts of myself because I want to be better. And that's that's really what it was about. It was seeing those athletes. And man, we've all seen those dudes that, that someone else is gnarlier. We've all met them. And you go, <laughs> fuck, that guy hates himself more than I do. <laughs> You, know, like you hear that. some asshole yeah. who's like, oh, I did I, I did a 400-meter yoke carry. I'm like, fucking why? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, now wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I mean, like that or fucking O.D. Wilson and World's Strongest Man where they just oh, yeah. killed him. Oh. Well, they, yeah, well, they made him run around the thing. Yeah, Definitely no fuckery involved there, uh. <laughs> yeah. world's strongest man john paul's down uh maybe 400 meter carry bricks <laughs> yeah. hmm. one's guy's gonna get first the other one's gonna get dead last what, can we do? Uh, what would be an event that would do that 
<laughs> oh, the, you know, I, the, I, I, I I love that, brother, because, you know, every athlete that's that's accomplished something has had their own variant of your hate. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, like once I started to understand, you know, your philosophy and how that worked, I started to kind of look at myself going, what the hell, what was I doing? You know, what was it that, and I, I think to myself, if I had had actually put it into a nice understandable little box or phrase it could have been far more effective for me you know so i love the fact that you actually put that into a place where you could look at it boom it was like you could push that button and it was there for you you know yeah it's 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 been cool man it's been cool writing about it it's been cool developing the brand it's been cool um you know now that i've been around and doing it with the brand for eight years and then the first time i wrote about hate would have been like 2011 uh, recently it was kind of neat. I'd stumbled upon a really old YouTube video and, uh, man, the fucking core message hasn't changed. And I was really proud of that, yeah. that it just naturally hasn't shifted that much that it's still like, yo, it's on me. No one's fucking yeah. going to do this for me. And I have to be the one who's not tolerant <clears throat> of my bullshit. Yeah. Cause no one else yeah. is. Why would anyone care about my fucking success more than me? Exactly. That's exactly. Nobody cares about your goals more than you do. That's you, people have to understand that your, your friends don't give a shit as much as you do. You know, your wife doesn't. It's all about you. No. The per, you know, that's that's beautiful. I love that, brother. <clears throat> so tell me. And, and, tell and, me, and what it does, you? right, is it it focuses everything back at you, John, where so many different fucking people want to. Oh, you know, must be nice. Or if I did this or look what they did, like, fuck that. The scarcity yeah. mindset <laughs> bullshit. No. Like, dude, sort your own <laughs> shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with this with this whole philosophy, which I fucking love, tell me about some of the things that you can remember, because we've all had those moments in training or whatever it was that just this allowed you to do some things that you didn't think you could do without it. Like, talk about something you did in training that just this kind of carried you through what what some of the crazy things we all know that you've done some crazy stuff in training to become the high level athlete that that's especially be a two-time world champion so you know, tell us a story about something you, like a training tale you know the big training mm -hmm. tale john it, it, you know and nick is, is that the weirdness of highland games is that there aren't many of us doing it and so like i never had a training group Right. For the 10 years I competed in that sport and traveled around the world, like I didn't meet up with five guys once a week to do events. I didn't do any of that. I trained in a garage by myself and I threw by myself and I recorded all the video and I analyzed my own throws and I figured it out based on a background I already had in throwing. And so, like, man, that's the big stuff. It's going out there to the field four days a week by yourself and no one gives a shit. The it's showing up in the garage gym and grinding yeah. because. Because yeah. it's not about the hard day, right? Like, you know, no one yeah. got strong because of a fucking hard training session. The only thing yeah. you can really accomplish in a hard training session is not training for two more weeks. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, like, yo, it's fucking stacking paper every day. It's not about trying to do yeah. that big hit. And, like, I realized yeah. that it was the grind and it was being able to yeah. – the other side of that was be smart and not let my fucking ego get in the way of that training for a really long period of time to be able to say, yo, we're, 
we're going to not be good in May because we're trying to be a world champion in August. Yeah. So we're not going to throw well for the first 16 games of the year. Yeah. Their practice. Go out yeah. and do what you worked on that week. Some games I'm going to show up and be sore because yeah. it ain't time to peak. Yeah, I love what you said, brother, because when you're out there by yourself, filming yourself, and it's all the shit you do when no one's looking that makes you good. You know? Right. When, when everybody's looking, that's really fucking easy. But when you're by yourself, you know, you're wet, you're cold, you're uncomfortable, whatever the circumstances are, you're still getting it done. That's where the champions are made. You know, that's, every, everything that's good now is back pay. You just have to fucking ride your thing out long enough to get to back pay. Yeah. 100%. Couldn't agree more. No, I mean, Nick, I'm sure you went with it. And John, you went through it, right? When you get out of the professionally competing part of it, you wonder, you know, why is anyone going to give a shit? Yeah. And it's because they're into you. They're into the full thing. It's not the thing you did. Yeah. That's yeah. just proof that it works. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. like, like you, you, you are, I mean, basically you're a two-time world champion, but that's something that you did. That's not, you know, Matt Benson is more than just a two-time world champion. That's just one of your dimensions. No, I'm so glad I don't look like that guy anymore. <laughs> You yeah, know what I mean? Very, like, yep, one hundred percent. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I most people don't that, know what I did at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. I haven't competed since twenty sixteen. And I love how you you yeah. literally understand that people are they're interested in you. Yes, you did that thing, but it's you that they're interested. in. It's your methodology they're interested. In. It's your philosophy. It's your the way that you get there. That's really cool, brother. That's. This is, well, uh, this I, is I hope stuff. it is because that's that's the sustainable <clears throat> thing that we can all produce, right? Is that bit that's true to us. Like if I'm trying to hold the line that's be this professional Highland Games to keep people interested, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so being me is really sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, on that level, let's turn the corner into obviously you you live by your set of rules you know you don't you don't buy into what society says you have to do which is no, one thing that makes to. you which is what makes you so unique and why people gravitate toward you so talk talk to when did that whole thing when did you kind of figure that out because most people um, never fucking no most people never figured out there was a lot of big shifts that came through uh that kind of window of getting hurt and you know what what started probably is like the first big light bulb moment was you know my old man passed away my uh my dad got pancreatic cancer and died uh, a fucking 11 months later and passed oh, away at 62 hurt. years old uh in 2014 on april 5th the day before my birthday i turned oh, uh 32 so i i'm sorry i turned 31 the day after he passed away at 62 and man, the fucking alarm flag going off of being halfway. I just, it's never turned off since that moment. And like the more I thought about that and, you know, that's 1612 weeks. That's it. Everything I want to fucking accomplish in my life, all the dreams, all the rad experiences, all the cool shit has to be done in that amount of time. Yeah. And I'm not going to get any younger. I'm not going to get more mobile. 
So fucking yeah. get going. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. So, man, I love it. I spend my time trying to hook up me in five years. Like, that's who I'm trying to do the biggest favors for. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, once that clicked in, man, and I had a relatively normal life at the, that point. I'm working an outside sales job, petrochemical industry. I travel and compete on the weekends. And um, I hadn't even started the, the brand yet. That started that year in October. Um, then got hurt at the end of 2016 with the, the chronic pain deal and ran into that. And then lost the real job I had. And so leaned into doing the entrepreneur thing. And, uh, man, once, once I kind of got out of the normal thing and realized that I could travel and build this company and, and do the things that I love to do from the Highland games, which was travel and get to meet these people and hold conversations and experience new places that if people were still interested in that side of the story and I can still do it with the podcast or any of these other things. Yeah, I'm all in. I'll take that risk. And uh, look, I don't know that I even really considered a risk, man. Look, I, I worked for, I did a full career, you know, 10 plus years in an industry. I can fucking work hard. So if I ever need to get a job, I'll go get a job. Yeah. Getting a job's not hard. I have skills and I work my ass off. But fuck man if i can build my own universe and build my own yeah. world that i don't have to answer to anyone else and once i kind of realized that that was a possibility there's no going back yeah you know and that doesn't mean it sure shit isn't the lazier side i was far lazier working for someone else that's building someone else's shit man i'm not passionate about it i like clocking out but now <laughs> that i have that anxiety about fucking tiktok on my life I don't want to clock out anymore, but I also yeah. don't do anything I don't want to do. Yes. Well, that's it right there, brother. You, your life is filled with things that you choose to do, which makes a whole different place to live. Most people live this life where 75% of their life, they're choosing to do something they don't really want to do. You have created it, like you said, your own universe where everything you do is a choice. Well, and that's a and that, I think that's a hang place. up, man. It it is, but I think that's a hang up that people end up on, John. Is that yeah? Well, everything's still a fucking choice. Just be really yes. clear that you know, you're not obligated to do yes. shit. There yes. are consequences, favorable and unfavorable, for whatever decisions it is that you want to fucking make. But if you Absolutely. don't want to do something, no one physically is fucking dragging you to go do it. So make yeah. a decision, and if you're gonna go. Except that you chose to be there and then fucking be there yeah. and be present. If you don't want to yeah. go and you're going to be a pain in the ass and you're going to bitch and moan, stay the fuck home and don't go do something else that makes you happier. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, Yo, it, and so it, it's still a choice. <clears throat> Even if you're doing things that you're not that into, you chose to have that job. No one fucking pointed a gun at you. Find another one. Yeah. 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 So your world is basically filled with choices that you want. Versus right. so many people are filled with choices that they don't really want, but they're still choosing to do it, which then leads 75% of their life to be very unfulfilling, which I believe is what leads so many people to be unhappy. I um, agree with you. You know, you're look, we're looking at a guy right here. As your, your words, I love it. I created my own universe. That's fucking beautiful, brother. You Dude, know, I think that's people. something everyone should do. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of been... I've never really had 
real jobs. You know, I've, I've been kind of an entrepreneur from the jump and I've, I've just never could picture myself going to work for somebody else where my hard work was going to benefit them. I would rather have my hard work benefit me, even if, even if I'm, I'm going to have a lot of failures, but that's okay. But that's like you're saying, you can choose to do what you want to do. And it might not be, it might not be easy, but you can choose to do it and you can choose to be successful. It's all choices. This is fucking beautiful. Brother. It's, it's, you know, it's I'm all in this process. I'm in this process now because up till the TV show, all through my competitive career, I worked for a beer company. I spent yes, two years working for beer yeah. companies and I had to take that chance for the TV show and leave because uh, they wouldn't let me take all that time off of work. And Fuck it, it made exact. And I, I appreciate yeah. what they did do for me, but it's like I needed to take that risk. And it's been nothing but the best thing I've ever done. But I'm in the process of building my brand and doing all those things that you've done. <clears throat> And so I'm learning a lot from you just listening to this. I, I talked with Brian last week. I learned a lot from him and it can be done. And the cool thing is just, I'm working for me now. That's it. And the, the and thing to remember, like, yo, uh, take as many <clears throat> notes as you can. Look, I've been really fortunate with the brand building, Nick, to, to be around close friends, Kelly Starrett or Rob and Dana Lynn Bailey and, and, Bart and Gio Kwan, who own Barbell Brigade, and Steffi and Hayden, and, and a lot of peers that do now a similar thing to yeah. figuring out whatever the fuck this world is that we're operating in. Right, right. <laughs> so it's 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 really cool to hear this and to get this story out so that other people can see this and take control of their lives as well and do what they love to do. Yeah, it's a risk, but like you said very prominently earlier you know how to work hard yep. i know i know yes. i know how to work hard i know i can go get a job with just about any beer company in this country and excel at it i already know i can do that now i got to do it for me and it's just really refreshing to hear all this coming out of you and the fact that other people are going to learn how to do this and take control of themselves from this so thank you yeah man and look yeah. i i treat everything with the same philosophy that I've got with, with lifting, right? And like building a successful business or getting stronger. And I tell people like, you know, what's your advice to get stronger? It's, you know, I want you to bench squat, deadlift and overhead press moderately heavy once a week for a decade. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it. I mean, and that, and so like I, treat your business the same way. Like, man, don't get too set on what you're expecting to happen because you don't fucking know. You've never done this. Right. So stop making that part up or basing it on someone else's shit or comparing too much. Only give a shit about progress. That's it. As long how as it's you, going forward, you, who fucking cares? How do you step forward again today? That's it. Every day you got to find a way to step forward. I fucking, this is this is the shit that people need to hear, brother. I fucking love it. And I, you know, I, I just don't believe in selling magic. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, 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 you're, you're selling, but it's, it's just a different perspective on the way society has trained us to, to look at things a certain way. We don't have to look at it that way. And uh, the yeah, they want you to stay in a box. <clears throat> yeah. Society I mean, I, I I mean but that box. works. Like that, it, Dude, it, it works that way. And we're seeing a huge fucking backlash right now. Like right now, one of the things going on is people aren't taking jobs. Yeah. And everywhere's hiring, but also. Look, if we've given people the option now to 
Uber Eats or, you know, work for Uber or work for yourself and be on your own time in your own car listening to podcasts that you want to listen to. Like, you can still drive around, make money, and educate. Mm-hmm. Fuck going to sweep floors at that restaurant for less money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yo, I am, brother. I, I'm telling you, the quote of the fucking show is, I built my own universe, right? That's fucking beautiful. I, I, that is so, that summarizes the whole fucking thing right there. That's now, with that, totally- look, that's, that's something I know people can hear. And look, it's fucking great to see this many years into what I'm doing. And I've got a gym and I've got this and blah, blah, blah. You know, it started with spending $350 fucking dollars on Craigslist and getting the scariest squat rack I've ever seen. A shitty barbell and some plates. But it was mine. It was my fucking world. I listen to my music. I don't have to put shit away. If I want to lift heavy and and blare Celine Dion, it's no one's fucking business. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Dude, you know that it's it's because I I have my own setup. I train by myself at my own place as well. And one of the things that I do is I'll play one fucking song and I plan a repeat. The whole fucking time, because it puts oh my, my mind, it puts my mind in this little <laughs> loop, and, and and then I'm just focused on my what I'm doing, and that that little loop keeps me focused right there. But can you imagine if somebody was training with me, they would have been going fucking no, bananas. It's exactly my right, wife, but yo, they don't get a My wife, <laughs> my, my wife is like, we, I can't train with you because you listen to one song. I said, what? I listen to that one song for a reason. <laughs> Maybe, you're, yeah. maybe you're not supposed to be there. Yeah. It's just the baby shark song. No one. That's the thing he hasn't told anyone. <laughs> oh no! It's sometimes it's, it's. I swear to God, dude. Sometimes it is like a fucking Celine Dion song. It's fucking yeah, crazy right. because it's it's sometimes it's some days it's a song that hits me here. I don't know fucking why. Bam! That thing's looping, and it's looping from the moment I start warming up till the moment I fucking finish wiping my forehead fucking move on it's it's, you know, but it, it's a, the other side of that building your own yeah. universe and having your own little garage space or whatever it is whether that's a place to you know stretch and do mobility work at home or have a, a cold setup or anything that's yours you get to use it on your terms to make you better that's what yeah. i mean by building your universe and not depending on someone else's shit um and man that playing your own song stuff like i like, John, I love it. And that's the best part of having your own thing is like, no one gets a vote. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Including my wife. Including my wife. <laughs> right. I think my trading partners have uh, <clears throat> lost their minds a few times on my, my choices for music. <laughs> good. <laughs> At times. But you're, Go from 12-foot ninja to rush. Well, but brother, also, perform when it fucking swing. counts. Yeah, exactly. Brother, you're... You're the big swinging dick in the training group. You make the fucking calls on the music. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it, may, it may as well have a password on the fucking, on the stereo. Like, <laughs> you know, that, so I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got dope set up. Uh, my gym um, is set up so yeah we branded the gym so the brand of the gym is dope and uh it's division of performance enhancement and so uh <laughs> I've, I've got it all set up it's it's pretty spaceshipy um i did all the lights to where i can control full color and whatever else throughout oh, no, the whole I, gym and 
I've seen that on your Instagram, dude. That thing's fucking sick. You I love can't it. Tell if, I'm very you happy. Can't tell, you can't tell if you're at a fucking nightclub or doing squats. I fucking love Perfect. it, brother. It's fucking great. That first time yeah, I, I saw it, I was like, what the fuck's he doing in there? Wait a minute. Okay, I see it. You know, that's really fucking cool, brother. I dig it. Right. That's Interesting cool. enough, like I've switched to now using that. Like mm-hmm. I have a home office here, but the office I've got at Dope where the podcast studio is, I've, I've just now been working out of there throughout the day, kind of playing with a new – I haven't gone somewhere as an office in a really long time, probably 12 years. And so now having a place that I go every day, it's weird because it's you know in the gym and I've got all the gym equipment. It's like I treat the gym like a giant fidget toy all day. So it's like I'm working and working on things. And as I have run into a problem, like I'll go walk on the treadmill for five minutes. Yeah. Like everything's there. Or go sit in the sauna. Or in the sauna. Or yeah. Can, totally. You know, that's it. And, and yeah. I love that. You know, it just feels like I'm walking around inside my own brain. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> so, brother, check this out. So this whole concept of create your own universe. For those that are listening that have still been kind of blinded or channeled into society's way of doing things, what would be a piece of advice you'd give to those who are intrigued by if they're hearing this for the first time? What, what would your piece of advice be? Is whether or not you want to play by those rules or you don't understand that that's the choice you're making. That's the big one. You're not locked in on the rails here there's not rails that you're on that are leading you from the you know from birth to the grave like you can take a left turn at any point there's consequences for it but sometimes hitting the detonate buttons the move you know and if you've made it far enough way down one path and aren't happy you know don't fucking ride the clock out there the only real gift we have is time, and that thing is ticking. That's the only scarce commodity there is. It sure as shit isn't success or happiness or any of that stuff. Everyone can have it. And so since time's the only one that matters, be fucking real careful of how you choose to spend yours, who you spend it with. Spend it with people that make your life better, that make you happier, that bring bring more to you. Spend it with people that are a you know, one plus one equals a three equation in your life, that everything's just better when you're around those people and stop dealing with people that want to slow you down, you know, start eliminating them, start figuring out how to get away from them and at least start figuring out how you eliminate them affecting your emotions. You choose who you give the keys to that to. You can't always pick who you interact with, but you can choose how much you let them fuck you, fuck with you. You know, if they're draining people, understand that that's how you're dealing with them. They don't get, they don't get in. And yeah. you know, limit limit interaction. And I'm fucking dead honest with those people of why I don't deal with them. Because I find you challenging and you're difficult and I don't have to. <laughs> Again, I love the honesty, brother. The honesty. <laughs> it's just so so simple. It's so straightforward. It's so effective. I fucking love it. Well, that's that's a great piece of advice, I think, for anybody listening that's intrigued by <clears throat> you know what you're saying. I think that's a great first step, brother. So well, We've talked about a lot of cool stuff, but now you got to share with everybody. You went from, you know, you a two-time world champion Highland gamer at close to 300 pounds and obviously all sorts of surgeries and replacements. And now, yeah. tell, tell everybody what you're doing now, brother. With this uh, so, uh, yeah, so did a bit of running. 
And uh, so I set some goals last or earlier this year, and I wanted to go, you know, once my knee started working again, I really just needed something to train for. As it's been a long time, I can't do strength anymore. I can't get max strong. And I've kind of, you know, been a real fucking baby about following a program because it doesn't fit what I like doing. Meanwhile, like, I fucking know it's good for me. And so changing the mindset and deciding I signed up to go do a uh, a 20-mile trail run in Bryce Canyon, Utah, and um, decided to train for it. And I just decided I'll do the hours. Like, it's 20 miles. Like, I, I could walk it. Worst case, worst case scenario. And so the intention of that training block wasn't to become a good runner or fast or have any of those metrics. The intention was to be a better runner than I currently was, which is zero. Yeah. And man, it's such an interesting thing learning a new sport and watching how quickly you get better at it and how comfortable you get. And so, I mean, the first week, my goal was I did 12 weeks of training for it. And it was all run-based and it was time-based. So it was like, yeah, I'm going to do an hour, five days a week. And I run as much as I want and walk as much as I want. If things hurt, I'm confident enough in me. I don't need someone to count reps. I know I'm pushing me to the point that we're going to make progress, but not do setbacks. Yeah, I, 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 we've, look, we know where that line is now enough. We've all crossed it <laughs> plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, I want to tap that line as much as I can. I just can't afford to cross it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, understand that. Yeah, you will get that. One hundred percent. Yeah, and so the running thing was just such, and not only that, I'll never be good at it. I'm a 38 year old strength athlete that is still at my ultimate leanest is 235 pounds. Like I'm not gonna be a good runner. I'll never be the runner that I was the Highland Games athlete. Zero percent chance. And because I'll never be good at it, the real obsession switch for me won't ever turn over. Because I can't ever start convincing myself, like, fuck, we could be competitive at this. We could we could get involved. And then, and then fucking everything in the rest of my life right now is going to fucking fall apart. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, I'll pick a hobby I'm bad at. <laughs> and, and you get that. Plus, when you t- – a new venture, you get those – those beginners gains, which are so fun. You get those huge quantum leaps. Of course, you know, they, we all hit that point where it starts to flatten out. It gets so more difficult, but the beginning of this whole venture must have been really exciting for you. Yeah. And that, that's really what I'm kind of interested at this point, John, now that I'm not the sports specific athlete that I was for 10 years, what else can I dabble in? Like what else is this machine capable of doing? What else can I learn as an athlete? And so, I just wanted to run and steal all the beginner gains. Yeah, there you go. And then, and then <laughs> bail, bail once things are going to get tricky. <laughs> uh, and then from that point on, but there was That's some awesome. really interesting stuff I learned from the running, and it just came from the increased endurance. Was how much harder I could work, like on you know, work stuff, cognitive things, you know, business things, creative ideas. How much longer I could do it. Before, like, I, I had to tap for the day that I was just spent. So it was pretty neat how it built the gas tank on everything. And so since yeah. then, it was it was kind of a figure out of like, okay, so that's something I'm not willing to give back is a new ability. Uh, how much running does it take to just hold on to that? And it seems like if I do 
three hours of cardio a week with some running involved, you know, three, five K's a week, give or take, it holds on. Like if I know that I could go pound for an hour if I needed to today, I, I seem to have the endurance of really being able to kick more ass longer all day. That's it's a it's a bit of a nice bit of personal growth with this whole thing as well, yeah. Right. I mean, what are we doing at this point? Trying to get better. Yeah. And so yeah. learned a bunch from that. I like I like the I like the aspects of running of how they feel at say hour four to five. Like there's a pretty cool zone there of how you feel. Yeah. Um, I'm not always interested in giving you the first four hours to find it. <laughs> and so well, I mean, I mean. The body will the the body will give us the best drugs on the planet. You just for sure. The, you just got to get through those thresholds so it'll start fucking dumping them on. Yeah, man. Yeah, if it would show up like that in the first thirty <laughs> minutes, I'm super fucking into it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I also learned from doing that twenty mile run. I, I finished it and right at six hours and it was like four thousand feet elevation. It was great. My goal was to be wow. in good enough shape oh. to enjoy that day. That's awesome, brother. And I was, and I, and I did, right? Um, and it was trails, correct? Trails. Yeah, so we've got a YouTube video. We, we did a movie on it called Fragile on uh, my YouTube channel, and it kind of shows everything from the knee surgeries to getting through the run. And okay. the big part that came with that run, man, was I'd just been scared of my body for so long that like I couldn't take damage anymore because of how <laughs> chronic pain it got me, and I just got so fragile feeling. Yeah. And uh, yeah. finishing that run really brought some new confidence out of like, we're fucking okay. We're okay. That's, that's fucking oh, great. Yeah. That's and really so, cool. Yeah. So I'm interested in dabbling now and, you know, some more jujitsu or, or, or trying some other stuff. Like, I just want to, I want to try everything. That's jiu-jitsu. fucking great, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, you do that, correct, brother? Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting back in. Now that my lat's pretty much good, I get my car back. I think within the next week. So I'm, instead of picking up Cali, I'm going to be going to jiu-jitsu again. Right uh, on. I'll probably starting this week. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. I was having. A yeah, lot I of think I, I think I'm going to buy a mat and and have it up at the gym. And I, I've got some people that'll come up there to roll. Just with my knee and, and hip, it's better for me to do privates. Uh, right. Instead of some 140 pound girl fucking need to send me to the hospital. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, this, they actually set me up pretty good. Um, I, I can roll around with the class if I want, or I can sit to the side and just work technique with with some of the guys all to the class. You don't have to roll super hard or do things that are super dangerous. Just yep. work technique and work technique, and it, it's it's something I can see me getting extremely addicted to. So well, I'm, well, I'm I think it's a huge tool as I move out of the strength stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And and not only that, like what a valuable tool it is, right? Like as far as people being concerned, the, one of the nicest things that came from a little bit of boxing training I've done in some of the jujitsu is I'm very aware of how uncapable I am to defend myself. And so <laughs> being honest about that is a really valuable yeah. thing. Don't fucking Absolutely. cause problems because chances are you're getting shit beat in. Uh, <laughs> if anyone has any love, concept of what it. they're doing, you're in big fucking trouble. So be, be just be nicer to people or learn to defend right. yourself, asshole. And so the, the, the honesty, brother, again, the honesty is just fucking yeah. unbelievable. I love it, dude. I love it. 
I mean, look, I, I'm aware I'm a shot putter. Like, I could probably throw a pretty ugly right hand if I had to. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like, yeah. that fight, typically if that fight went any more than about 10 seconds, I'm probably fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what move two is. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's, that was beautiful. A, tr- a pretty ugly right hand. Oh, my God. That was per- just Love it, brother. Love it. Um, oh, yeah. So, shit. yeah, just I, I love it, dude. Like, get better at stuff. And that, like, build confidence and it eliminates anxiety because you're learning and educating. And it's experience of, hell, even in that close quarters, at least I know what it's like if I have someone aggressively on top of me. You're, yeah, you're yeah. learning and bringing new stuff to the table to deal with bigger stress down the road. And, like, what a cool way that we can choose what we want to adapt to at this point. Yeah, really cool, brother. Really cool. Well, Absolutely. I got to tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. But before we wrap up, I always, I really want to know, I mean, there's so much to you, brother, so much. What is the legacy that Matt Vincent is going to leave behind? What is it that when you're gone, what is it that you want to be remembered for? What is what Im- hmm. what is it? What impact? I mean, talk to us about that because there's so much to you. What is it you want to leave behind? I hope I hope that I'm looked at as, as a leader, like that someone that led by example, someone that walked the walk and wasn't full of shit. Like I can't think of anything worse than to be thought of as a charlatan at, at the end of my thing. Um, yeah, man, I want to I want to affect people and be honest and build a community and and have people that have this realization that they can build their own world and that they don't have to fit in and that being weird's fine. Just lean into it and do your thing at full speed. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, I just want to leave ripples in the ponds for those people. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of people that are great lighthouses out there to help find people find their way. And whether, you know, if, if I'm your cup of tea, man, I really want to be your cup of tea. Well, one of the things you said is honesty. Well, brother, you got that one fucking cold. <laughs> I don't have a good enough memory to lie yeah. to people, John. It's a fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, the best thing is you your honesty yeah. is, is, is fucking comical, too, because it's so honest. It's almost a way you don't hear people speak. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. fucking beautiful, brother. It's refreshing. It's, it's yes. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's something the world can use a lot more of, actually. Yeah, we've we've landed in a very strange place. Um, It'll be curious to see how the pendulum swings back the other way. Yeah. It will. Very true. Uh, You know, maybe maybe what I hope the pendulum swing back the other way is those of us who seem to be rational and logical who live in the middle of what both of these insane sides currently are is someone decides to represent us. Yeah. brother, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, brother, you, the the thing that's so, that's been so great about this is you're, you're, you're evolving, you're growing. So I guarantee you, if it's good with you, we'd love to have you back on because in a year from now, in, in a year from now, we're going to have a whole different perspective coming out of you, which is something that, I mean, the world needs to see this type of growth in say a year period of time. So brother, this was totally awesome. 
I thank you for coming on, and we definitely want to have you come back again if you're good with it. We had a great time. I would love that. You got anything? That's awesome, brother. Nick, you got anything else for for Matt before we cut loose? Just want to say thank you, and I learned a lot today, so I greatly appreciate that. And and Nick, man, uh, uh, I'm a full full fucking resource, dude. As you're as you're working on your brand, anything you need, feel free to text me. Get in touch. Rising tide raises all ships, man. I want more of the kick-ass people in our industry doing kick-ass stuff. Yeah, sweet. My my playbook is open. Sweet. Thank you. I will be contacting you. Please. <laughs> I will. Right on. And again, I'd love to I'd love to have you on the podcast too. Hell, maybe this is a good time to come out to St. Louis and get to see everything we've got going on and how it all works. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh probably within the next couple months or so. That'd be sick. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get some time or I'll, I'll come out there. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Love it. This would be good. That would be a lot of fun. Dude, it'd be but, great. We could try this and rolling too. Okay. Yeah, it'd be super fun. Yeah. <laughs> you I love it. Well, brother, thank you once again. This was an amazing experience, and uh, we look forward to having you once again. That's another edition of Legend of Iron, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time. Legends of Iron is brought to you by Muscle Mints. Muscle Mints is the creator of Carnival. Beef built muscle and carnivore is the world's number one selling beef protein.